Welcome to the Room of Lives. I'm your host, Neil. In this part of my conversation with Pratim, I ask, what is enlightenment? If the world is evolving towards more awareness, where does this extra awareness come from? We then talk about the self and some surprising experiments on patients whose left and right brains have been separated. Did you ever feel like, oh, I don't think so, but did you ever feel like your life would turn out like this? Oh my God. <laughs> no. Yeah. But did you have any um, kind of like drive or curiosity for like these kinds of things when you were young? Yeah, I mean, I had a spiritual curiosity to yeah. understand the nature of reality. And even... 10 years ago when I was not, you know, I hadn't uh, done any spiritual things. I would tell people that, oh, my dream is to be a Daba. Mm. You know, so, mm-hmm. uh, so it was there mm. somewhere. But How young were you when you were still saying that you want to be a Baba? Just 10 years ago. Oh. Yeah. oh, 10 years ago. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, I, I mean, I would say it half jokingly, obviously, mm-hmm. like, but then my d- d- divorce happened. And so that, you know, like, uh, made me reflect the, 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 the back on, you know, like how I was doing stuff that was expected of me. Mm. But, and so I slowly started exploring and that led to more exploration. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any ideas of where you would like to like end up in this life? It seems so... Any picture or idea or anything. But it seems so... So irrelevant mm. to have a picture like that. I mean, one is because so far this trip has been totally unplanned yeah and in a way you know like and fun ride and you know like as you contemplate on death more and more you realize it is all pointless yeah uh, so yeah, I see. yeah do you believe that there is some such a thing called as enlightenment I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, in Tantra, it is said that um, enlightenment is like a, the the lure of enlightenment is a tool to get you to walk the path, mm-hmm. and at some point you 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 realize oh there is no you know that is enlightenment mm-hmm. it is here right now you know mm-hmm. um nor how in some hindu traditions it's like moksha the liberation is like you 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 ascend to a different dimension as mm-hmm. or something yeah yeah but yeah in tantra it's like 
this is it. Uh, and so you, you might be doing the same activities that you did before the realization and after. Hmm. And I think in Buddhism also, there is, you know, before enlightenment, chop wood, <laughs> carry water. After enlightenment, chop water, carry wood. <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at that guy, he's chopping up water. That's his mind. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the notion in Tandra as well. That is a tool to get you to take that, the steps, you know. Uh, and the beauty of the, at least this tantric path I'm on is that, I mean, even the journey is enjoyable, yeah. you know, it's like, it's not a journey of that I would regret. Like, oh, why did I not work at my desk yeah. job for eight <laughs> hours a day? And, you know, that, instead of being at all these orgies, why did I work at this desk job, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's go there. I was just before you arrived, I was listening to an audiobook by Ken Wilbur. He's the founder of Ninti Grant Theory. Oh, he looks like this. Whoa. Um, so intense. Yeah, and so he has like practiced Buddhism and stuff. Uh, then many people consider him an enlightened being. That mm. he also has a mind that that can put concepts into place, and so the one concept he has is called the whole on hmm. and that reality is made up of whole ons and then the whole on is has multiple properties but the two opposite properties are that it is complete in itself and it is ready to be a part of something bigger than itself. So for example, protons, electrons are holons in themselves and they are ready to merge to form an atom. An atom is holon in itself and the atom forms some molecule and all the way to us, right? Um, and some of the holons I mean, so they are holons as well, right? They are individuals and they are part of society. Um, so does evolution have a teleology? Like, does evolution have a purpose? Um, and modern scientific view is that, no, no yeah, evolution has no purpose. Um, but, and in his, in his hypothesis, um, there is a teleological um, 
bias towards more more awareness um uh and as we um did as we evolve i mean obviously it's not a straight line it's like zigzagged mm-hmm. but if you see an arc over millennia or million years you can see the arc like oh wow you know there is arc here um yeah uh yeah the dash and that but yeah for example one of the examples you offer is that the birds right the birds fly and the such standard evolution theory is that oh like uh teeth of reptiles became the wings of the birds um yeah. but he says that it would and i don't know how he got this number but he said it would take 108 mutations for teeth to turn into a functional living okay but there is advantage to having teeth there is advantage to having living but there is there is little advantage to being in between yeah. where it is not a good teeth it is not a good good wing um and so how does that happen how do you know like those sort of evolutionary leaps mm-hmm. happen mm. i've heard of that argument and i've heard of evolutionary biologists uh responding to that argument there were a couple of times in which this was brought up i don't know about this particular feet to uh feet to wing stuff but there were some other things about which that had been said that you need to have a lot of things it's like an all or nothing right like if the whole thing doesn't happen then like a partial an evolution only works by little changes right. so how could you have gone this entire way but in those particular cases i think there were some responses to those morphological changes where they had kind of shown or argued that in those cases there was some benefit to the slight changes also so yeah but i would not be i would just be like pulling stuff out of my ass if i was to say anything about this um but yeah. there might be a whole universe inside that asshole so <laughs> go away yeah just, just keep pulling theories out that's what i do for a lot of my life just like <laughs> out of my ass and look 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 this actually works <laughs> oh shit it doesn't or right, let me put something else out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that is another experience i have had there all ideas that can ever be it they already exist and you yeah. just pull it <laughs> into this reality you know yeah. so <laughs> actually this question when you said that you know evolution is on a trajectory towards greater awareness or like greater knowledge or greater awareness and if you go back to our evolutionary history you can say oh, there was a point of time in which there was no awareness there was just the planet earth there was not even any life and then very simple life forms came onto the planet 
that had very limited awareness. Maybe they could just sense chemical gradients in their surroundings. And then over time, you started getting the evolution of more and more complex organisms with a more diverse array of sensory organs and abilities to sense things and eventually had something resembling more sophisticated minds that could form some like internal model of who that organism was, what they need, and awareness of certain things, like maybe a little bit of past, a little bit of future, mm-hmm. and eventually have the apes and then humans. And then we are aware of so many things. We are aware of ourselves, you know, like we have the internet, we have like, there's just so much. So the question is, uh, well, awareness doesn't seem to be a, con- a, a conserved quantity. In physics like you know mass and energy are doesn't doesn't increase or decrease but awareness seems to in fact just be increasing according to this idea so where does that awareness come from like if all of knowledge or like god awareness is always constant then where did it go away and how is it coming back like if it is coming back and we are gaining awareness over you know, one generation to another, is that awareness coming back from somewhere it already is? Or is it arriving out of nothing? Like when, yeah, that's just the question. I don't know what to think about God, but back when they were just single-celled animals, was the entire intelligence of the universe just that? There was nothing else waiting to manifest? Or all of this awareness that we think, oh, science and technology are progressing, we're learning more and more, becoming more aware, is it arriving out of like a vacuum or is it trickling from some kind of an absolute repository mm. and it just decides to manifest itself and then hide itself, manifest itself, right. hide itself. But somehow the sum total remains the same. Like it doesn't actually go away anywhere. You know, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. So according to him, where is that awareness coming from? Yeah, I don't know about him, but yeah. the tantric answer is that the divine does five acts and five acts only. Mm. Uh, creation, maintenance, dissolution. Those are the three we know as the Hindu gods, you mm-hmm. know, like not in the game of life. Those are the three rules, like, you know, if there are three mm-hmm. dot the dots, Thor is born, you know, if there are two, two dots, it stays alive. Um, but the two other acts in Tantra are not remembering and forgetting. Mm. And um, these are the five acts of the, the, the divine. And you can all see, oh, remembering, that's an amazing act. Forgetting an act. And the story that one of my teacher tells me is that um, if you lived in a world where you determined every outcome, Mm. you determined every outcome, uh, it would get boring. Yeah, I mean, it would be boring from the beginning. (laughs) There's no way for it to not be boring for even a second. I mean, (laughs) at some point, if you have the mind that you have right now that has lived in this non-deterministic world mm. and you find yourself like most people dream that right most people dream oh with magic i can make whatever i want happen you know mm. if, if i had a, mm. a magic lamp and mm. you know i can 
But then in when you do find yourself in a deterministic world, and like I said, in my eternal now, I was in that mm-hmm. deterministic world, and it seemed too pointless. Mm. Um, mm. And so, at some point, God presses a button of her getting that you know, yeah, it is everything, and it determines everything, and that forgetting helps it enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, because as beings, like the forgetting is, it seems like for me, the forgetting is kind of the same thing as cleaving off a part of yourself and not being all of it anymore, being only part of it. So losing some of who you are. Mm -hmm. So you've lost that knowledge. You've lost that awareness. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that part goes, by the way. That part is stored somewhere or it becomes a separate being, which no longer knows about you. Like, it's like splitting a person's brain in two halves and putting them in two different bodies. Right. They forget about one part of themselves. But the total amount of awareness is still the same. You've just created multiple beings, which only are like small parts of the whole thing. Uh, And it creates a kind of charge. Like, I want to be whole again. You know, Mm. there's something in that, like the whole answer, whatever. It creates some kind of a charged situation where the two poles or whatever, they want to come back together. Uh, like they want to remember or be the more whole thing. But there's some part of it that's, that's yeah, that's missing. What was I, what was I trying to go with that? Yeah. But yeah, so I guess my thought was that, yeah, I had actually a very long podcast episode with Benam years ago where we were talking about what I call simulation theory. And because at the time people were talking a lot about simulation theory. So I started with that idea of simulation theory, but all I actually wanted to talk about was Maya, like the Hindu idea of Uh Maya. And so we started with the idea of the simulation theory where you're getting more and more immersive and realistic games. Uh But as you're, so because the games are becoming more immersive and realistic, to some extent when you're playing the game, you do kind of lose a sense of like who you are and you know you have vr now so you're just that character but you can still remember hey i'm neil i'm supposed to be working on something now to say i gotta take off my vr goggles so a more fully immersive game would be one where you voluntarily press a button to copy your memory of and your identity of your life somewhere and then just delete it and then you just entered the game so you no longer remember who you are outside of that game. And it feels like that game is your entire life. So the stakes suddenly become way higher. And that is definitely way more immersive. Also, more scary, but some people still might want to do it because they know as they're putting on the headsets and their memory is about to be wiped that it's not real. If they die in the game, they just come back here. I'm like, okay. All right, well, yeah, so I knowingly go into this game willing to have this so-called death experience, but when I do fall from the skyscraper, I'm not going to actually hit the ground. I'm going to kind of go through it and return back to this thing. So we were just talking about this simulation theory and whatever as, yeah, we we were just going, we were kind of just discussing hypothetically what are the steps that our technology is taking? It's trying to create something that's like a game world that is more and more immersive until you 
kind of forget who you are right. and you willingly go into that game by suspending your identity. And maybe that's what, quote-unquote, God has done in the form of whatever we're doing right now. Right. And so end game is like enlightenment, maybe. But if you're always enlightened, there's no like point. So like, okay, I want to make a game. There's nothing fucking else to do here, but I can make a game. So let me just make a game. The thing that I'm interested in, though, is that when you said you press the button and you forget, I kind of feel like you can't just delete that information because where would that information go? There's just this... You know, so maybe you can cleave it off from yourself for some time. But then inevitably it has to come back. Like you cannot just permanently remove it. Right. This also goes into some physics stuff because there is a something called the black hole and information paradox. Right. I don't exactly know about it, but there was something about, oh, if information falls into a black hole, does it, it disappear it forever because it's not supposed to be that way or blah, 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 something like that. So physicists have thought about this too, about the conservation of information. information. And we were talking about the conservation of awareness earlier. I think those are two kind of related things. Like awareness is some kind of like an information. It's not a thing like stuff. It's not like, it's not like objects. Uh, but it is something like, like awareness or consciousness or knowing. And I feel kind of like you can't just like remove that from yourself like i mean you cannot permanently remove information mm, so forgetting do that that forget the divine forgetting i guess mm. <laughs> that even as a human mm. you forget yeah. things so where does that go i don't know yeah i don't know man i don't know where it goes i don't know where it goes and i don't even know where it comes from when i do remember like if someone says, uh, remember that, and it just comes from somewhere. Yeah. And you could say, of course, neuro neuroscience-wise, you can say there are certain patterns in the interconnections between my neurons. And when they fire in a certain way, a certain pattern of firing starts up, which is the kindling of that memory. Blah, blah, blah. You can say all of those things. But subjectively speaking, the black void into which our memories go forever is the black void from which memories come back when you do happen to remember. Right. What is that black void? Who knows? That is the boundary between myself and, and the black void. Like when I'm hunting in, around in my mind, I can't find that word. Okay, it's in the black void. And then suddenly out of the black void, it suddenly comes. That's the edge of my awareness. Right. It's the edge of what I'm conscious of. What is beyond that edge? Yeah. I don't know. But shit comes at me from beyond that not just memories, like inspiration comes at me. Yeah. Like a lot of the times I found, like whether in science or art, if I like get, I don't even have to get into the zone so much, but you know, if I'm trying to like think about something, like whether creatively or in science, that is the interface at which the ideas are arriving. There is a certain genesis point where it starts forming in my head. I'm like, that's an idea. And I can't see anything beyond that genesis point. Beyond that genesis point is darkness. Uh -huh. Like, I don't know where it came from. I mean, no matter how much I say I came up with this idea, that doesn't mean shit. Like, if I trace it back to the genesis of that idea, it blooms 
out of a field of darkness. Right. Like by definition, that is the germination point of that idea. I didn't see anything before that or what gives rise to it. So the inside of my mind, a lot of the time feels like this, like kind of like a dark field with a certain boundary to it and uh-huh. shit pops in through that boundary and there's no way for me to know what is beyond that but shit like pops in and when it pops in it's colorful and everything is like oh there it is there's an idea now i'm going to develop it but where did it actually come from i don't know where does it go away i don't know yeah i mean like and then a lot of a lot of authors of religious text said that oh yeah, yeah, I'm just writing this down, but I'm not the author, you know, yeah. like the, 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 the Vedas are yeah. said to have, you know, divine origin and many of the Abrahamic texts as well. Um, the, the four, you know, my spiritual path, I thought, oh, how arrogant are these people mm-hmm. that they are like, or got a marketing scheme to say, mm-hmm. you know, this text is not written by me, it's it's by God. And now that I have experienced this type of, you know, like the ideas popping out, you know, sometimes fully formed ideas. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I'm writing this down. I'm making this video. I'm doing this, but it's not, it's not mine. It just yeah, popped yeah. out. Yeah. Whole, uh, you just, yeah, I feel like I've uh, kept getting more and more instances of those. To the point where I'm not like pretty convinced that none of it was mine. Like I don't believe much in a self anyway. You kind of know that. So even the situations where I feel like I did something, I know that that's just an idea that's in my head, and someone put it there to make the is the hamkar is the I making. Right. It's like I made it, but the I did not make the I maker. Like, who made the I maker? Like the I uh, the I is at the. Is just like an automaton that is only doing the thing because the eye maker runs its algorithm. And so I mean, I is not the one that created the eye maker. Yeah, yeah, but you know, like the 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 the, the eye maker may have had advantage mm. to have. Yeah. That eye maker running in you, and you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there might be some advantages, but I'm just saying that it's not autonomous. The eye that is created by the eye maker is not actually autonomous. It's not autonomous. No, but it feels autonomous. Yeah, it takes whatever is happening and and makes an eye out of it, right? Yeah. So let's say you gave a hand, did a hurricane appears. Yeah. You then, then I'm having this exaggerated example. The the I mini maker takes. Oh, I gave my hand and a hurricane appeared. So you know, yeah. I'm, I summoned this hurricane. Yeah. Um, or even like the thought of waving the hand happened, and then the hand waved. The eye maker says, I made the hand wave because I thought of it and then it happened. Mm. Now, how do you even wave your hand? We don't even know how we wave our hand. We think of waving our hand and then it happens. I'm like, what did I do? What exactly did I do to wave my hand? Like, did I go in and send all of those potassium and calcium channels to move my muscles? No, all of that was just automated. What part of it did I do? It's even unclear what I exactly did can't even define it. I'm like, oh yeah, I did it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so forget about Hurricane. Just think about the waving of the hand. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Thought came in my head and then hand waved. So, of course, I did it. I'm like, oh, how do those two things happening one after the other mean? But, I mean, in one of my Tantra classes, one teacher introduced a meditation. Uh, they said, make a fist and now open the fist. Hmm. So what happened? How did you do it? And it's like, oh, I told my hand to open the fist. Okay. Now make a fist and just have a loving presence around the hand to allow it to do whatever it wants. Don't order it to stay shut. Don't order it to open. Just have a loving presence around the hand. And allow it to do whatever it wants. And let's see what it wants to do. <laughs> Are you doing it right now? I'm kind of doing it. But I feel more self-conscious doing it in front of someone else. What? Like you. To allow the hand to do whatever? Mm-hmm. What would it do? I don't know. I don't know exactly. So let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it wants to do something like that. Maybe. Not sure. And it's 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 really hard, at least for me, it's really hard to fully allow my hand to do what it wants to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the th- thing you did, it. I mean, it was out of your head, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the picture of it came in my head earlier. Uh-huh. That, oh, that's something that I want to do, I guess. Hmm. That is interesting, you know, like, so one way of looking at it is that a thought popped in our head and we, we gave it our hand and so our eye maker thinks, oh, I made the hand move. But the the opposite of it is also true, like, you know, I made my hand open, I made my hand close. And now, if I really allow it to do the third ones, oh, what does it want to do? Uh, Is there a want in the hand? Like, does it have any wants in the muscles? Like, it all has to come from the brain. Does it have to? I don't know. Yeah, Please. that's the... That's the uh, because in, like... Sexual orgasms and stuff, it is possible to have involuntary movement and obviously in other situations as well. So involuntary movement is a thing, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, So did you ever see your hand involuntarily do anything? No, I mean, I haven't, yeah. It's so hard. My my eye maker is really strong. Yeah, I don't even know what it means to follow those instructions. Like, anything that I feel like my hand might want to do is just feels like it's being thought of my mind. Like, I'm thinking up here. Maybe I want to do that, but is that really my hand? Or what is it? 
एडवांटेज ऑफ होल्डिंग अ टाइट हैंड टू स्टार्ट विथ मीन्स दैटल्स गेट थर्टी एंड सो they will want to expand and relax yeah uh uh-huh. and so there will be some time when if you start with a tight hand that the hand will to want to loosen up yeah on its own without your mind having to yeah. tell it to do so do you feel like these people who are approaching enlightenment are once where everything is happening kind of involuntarily like their bodies and their speech it's just coming out spontaneously and that's what that my my said. teacher says is he says that yeah yeah but you know it seems um yeah at least from my reality it seems far away and Mm. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if it's possible. Yeah, but the eye maker is saying that the eye is saying that. So that pixel might turn off any second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think to the eye, it seems impossible to imagine the yeah. lack of an eye. that might not necessarily mean that is actually impossible i mean that these teachers also travel around and you know have to catch a flight and stuff like that so like, i yeah. mean their bodies are doing that i guess just fine their bodies <laughs> yeah they're just watching themselves do i've had a couple of yeah, brief moments told, yeah where my body was just doing stuff and i was like okay i'm just watching it pretty clear to me now that i'm not controlling my body but that's like going up a stairs or you know doing yeah. a it was still doing normal stuff mm-hmm. which makes me wonder maybe the body is just doing all of this stuff on its own all the time but layered on top of it is some kind of a conceptual notion that i'm having to do it i am doing it oh i have to do this thing now look what i just did blah 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 right it's kind of like you know you're driving you just you know you know you go from blackness nothing and suddenly you have an awareness that you're driving down the highway or that's what it feels like but really what it is is that you know you see that your hands moving to the right and the steering wheel moves to the right but maybe it's just one machine and you're not actually controlling it your hands are just like you know connected to the steering wheel but you start to say i'm moving the car mm. you know maybe this is just like a kind of projection where there is some kind of a cause effect relationship like in this case it would have to be that your hands would somehow have to be stuck onto the steering wheel so that it's really the steering wheel that's moving your hands not the other way around but there is the illusion that you are moving it so there has to be some cause effect something i don't know exactly what right. like for example um a maybe one could say that the moment that i wave my hand two things are happening there is a certain like a thought arising wave hand and the hand waves both of those things are just arising simultaneously and i'm inferring some kind of cause effect like oh i willed my hand 
to move. move. I don't think that when you wave your hand, because I didn't think wave hand before your hand moves. So I know that I have no control over that. Uh, but somehow when there's a thought that uh, appears in my mind at the same, same time as when my hand moves, like, oh yeah. So there's some kind of a relationship there of two things happening. Um, and I'm saying that I'm, ca- I'm causing one and then... Closed talk the rationalization of the action. Yeah. So there is something called this eye maker comes in and draws a pattern, a kind of causal pattern between things that happen concurrently. Right. That could be it. Yeah. Know. There's an experiment I read about where they subliminally flash images at up to the person and they, they, they can flash it to the right eye or the, 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 the left eye and one of the eyes the left brain has the speech yes and so if they flash it to the right eye they, they can tell oh I you know yeah um, mm. but if they flash it to the the left eye it doesn't uh, mm. there's no speech attached and so they did this experiment where um, uh, and um, this they flashed something like water to mm-hmm. this to person's left eye mm-hmm. but that person does not mm-hmm. register that they, they saw water mm-hmm. and they, they just stand up and walk away and then the researcher asked them like hey walking away he's like oh I'm just going to get a coke or something and so it makes a post-hoc rationalized situation of the action. Mm-hmm. Then the researchers know that they flashed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think there has been some research into like use this subliminal messaging for like advertisements. Yeah. Things like that. Those guys do, do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, yeah. I've seen some of these split brain patients where they flash something to the right brain. And I guess normally when your brains are connected, that information gets passed around. So even if it only reached one of your brains, I think the left hemisphere would still get to know that and say, I saw this with my you know, other eye. Um, but for split brain patients, that kind of internal communication just does not happen. It's not possible. So for split brain patients, you can show them a picture and they will just like not know what their picture was. It doesn't even have to be subliminal. Um, you can flash it on for a second, I think, even, or whatever. I don't know how long. But they don't know it. And then they have the patient draw something with the same hand that's connected to their right brain, you know. Like, uh-huh. um, so they show something to their left eye that's read by the right brain. And then they ask the... They're like, can you draw a picture of it? And they're like, no, we can't. They're like, well, just try and they ask the person to draw it with their left hand, which is controlled by the right brain. And he does draw something resembling what he saw. Uh. And then he's asked, like, why did you draw that? And then he makes up uh, some reason. Yeah. This is all called a confabulation. Yeah. They make up some reason. Because the idea is that the left brain doesn't have a clue what the fuck is going on. But the left brain has the constant compulsion to create a cohesive narrative story right. about life. That's his job. 
it's just a storytelling person it just right. constantly creates a story so it has to create a story and so it creates a story oh yeah i drew these bells because i just thought of these bells in the morning and blah blah i just like make something up and so that brings into question even when your brains are joined together right how much of your life is a confabulation that is just being made up by your left hemisphere trying to justify everything that's going on and putting it into a narrative thread that makes sense right. into the past and the future. I'm glad you joined us today in the Room of Lives. Take care. Until next time. Music